Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. Uh, I just wanted to talk for a few minutes about uh, a concept that I think is, um, is something that we maybe take for granted and don't uh, give enough attention to. It's a very, very simple uh, concept, and it's it's that of, of light. Um, as we've been studying Psalms in uh, our Come Follow Me studies the last few weeks, uh, there is a lot of a lot of talk. There was a lot written and sung about um, with with glory uh, and praise. But the word glory, uh, I wonder if we know what that means. Uh, and I think it means a few different things in the scriptures. But one of them, the the, the literal uh, the literal definition of of glory in a spiritual sense is is light and is is a manifestation of light. Uh, that when, and I don't think it's only light, it's, it's also power at some things that we may not be able to, to discern with physical senses, but, uh, but one is, is light. And we talked about in the, the first episode of this podcast series, um, we talked about the name on fire and all, and all the different, uh, types of heavenly fire and different examples of, of fire, uh, coming from, uh, with God as the source in, in the scriptures, um, but we, uh, I don't know if we often, if we often think about the glory of God being light and how often, especially in the book of John and in the Doctrine and Covenants, uh, Jesus is described as the light. Uh, he says, I am the light. And, and that is something that is, is figurative, but also, also literal, uh, that he possesses glory and that's manifest in light. And um, there's a, a fantastic talk uh, from, from uh, I think it's from 2002, uh, General Conference, April uh, of 2002, uh, from Elder Robert D. Hales. And uh, it was called Out of Darkness into His Marvelous Light. Uh, but I want to talk about a, a few of the, the concepts that he taught and and just see if, if there's, these are things that, that you and I can incorporate into our life and our behavior. Um, we really are, I, I hope you can see it. We, we really are, are winding down uh, our, our time, the time of this earth's uh, celestial existence. Um, I think you can probably feel it, even though it's, it's been something that's kind of happened gradually. Um, but but we we really when when our prophet says uh, ask those of us who need to uh, need to repent and need to return uh, to our covenants and and to God and and says please do so now time is running out it's it's not a manipulation um, as I've seen some people complain about on online uh, using that kind of an urgent term. It's a prophet of God giving us a warning and, and meaning that literally that time is running out. And this world is increasingly filling with darkness. And, and a lot of people, and, and I think all of us included, are becoming accustomed to, to darkness. And, um, and hopefully we can turn that around and, and, uh, and learn to love the light and to seek after uh, the light. So let me just um, read a little bit of this talk and we'll discuss it a little bit. 
Um, Elder Robert D. Hales, again, who's of the Quorum of the Twelve, uh, he said this, Each of us brings a light to the earth, the light of Christ. I am the true light that, that lighteth every man that cometh into the world, the Savior said. The light which is in all things, which giveth life to all things. This light which inviteth and enticeth to do good continually is given to every man that he may know good from evil. Uh, and we we talked about uh, about this in a, in a previous podcast as well in uh, in some uh, detail about the light of Christ and and what it is. Uh, go back and listen to that one if you if you haven't or if you're uh, a little bit unfamiliar. Uh, continuing here, by using the light of Christ to discern and choose what is right, we can be led to an even greater light, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I testify that through the restoration of the gospel and the holy priesthood of God. Disciples of Jesus Christ in these latter days have the power to give the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is bestowed by the laying on of hands by those who have the authority of the priesthood, and it is received by those who have followed the principles of faith and repentance and have received the ordinance of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. The Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead, a personage of spirit. He is the comforter, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of promise. He testifies of Jesus Christ, his work, and the work of his servants upon the earth. He acts, and this is an important function also of the Holy Ghost, he acts as a cleansing agent to purify and sanctify us from sin. He comforts us and brings peace to our soul. The right to his constant companionship is among the greatest gifts we can receive in mortality. For by the light of his promptings and his cleansing power, we can be led back into the presence of God. All right, so I hope we uh, can begin to associate the uh, the Godhead specifically with with light. Uh, that he's talking about the the Holy Ghost and the gift of the Holy Ghost providing light, and also the light of Christ, the light of Jesus Christ, uh, giving every person who's born into this into this world enough light to know good from evil, and that light can increase or decrease depending on on our decisions and our, our, the choices that we make. Going on here with uh, Elder Hale's words, as children, we learned how to keep darkness away by turning on a light. Sometimes when our parents went away for the evening, we would turn on every light in the house. I remember doing that. We understood the physical law that is also a spiritual law. Now listen carefully to this. This, this is the essence of this message. Um, so it's a physical law that is also a spiritual law. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Light dispels darkness. When light is present, darkness is vanquished and must depart. More importantly, darkness cannot conquer light unless the light is diminished or departs. When the spiritual light of the Holy Ghost is present, the darkness of Satan departs. Beloved young men and young women of the church, we are engaged in a battle between the forces of light and darkness. If it were not for the light of Jesus Christ and his gospel, we would be doomed to the destruction of darkness. But the Savior said, I am come a light into the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Um, I, I don't know if... if if I can state that any better, other than to reiterate, we are absolutely in a battle. Uh, those of us who are, are living upon this earth, whether we want it or not, whether we're interested in, in being in a battle or not, it doesn't matter because we have enemies who are 
are constantly and frequently attacking uh, who do not sleep and do not give up and, and do not uh, really have anything else to do than to make war with, with you and I. And they are the forces of darkness. Uh, so when we, when we give in to darkness and when, when, we, uh, when we come to love the darkness, uh, we are, we're losing ground in that battle and, and, and are, are on the wrong side. Um, let me go on here with Elder Hale's words. The Lord is our light and literally our salvation. Like the sacred fire that encircled the children in 3rd Nephi, his light will form a protective shield between you and the darkness of the adversary as you live worthy of it. That's awesome. Now, I want you to think about that. I mean, all of all the the Marvel comic movies and other things you, you see, uh, maybe in Star Wars, um, you, that's something you can you can see and and uh, and imagine. Uh, but this is for real, and this is the power of God that His light. I'll read that again. His light will form a protective shield between you and the darkness of the adversary as you live worthy of it. So your worthiness, uh, which I think has a lot more to do with uh, with the frequency and sincerity of our repentance rather than flawless living. And we've talked about that previously as well. Um, but that that worthiness uh, is enables the Lord to create that protective shield uh, or, or kind of a force field between between you and the darkness of the adversary. Uh, how valuable is that? If you, if you can picture yourself in a battle and, and you have that type of, of a defense, uh, isn't that about the most valuable thing you can, you can have? Uh, I think that it is. And, and so we need that and, and need to be worthy of it, uh, going on. And, and, and elder, elder Hales is about to say that he says, you need that light. We need that light. Carefully study the scriptures and for the strength of youth and listen to the teachings of your parents and leaders. Then by obedience to wise counsel, learn to claim the protective light of the gospel as your own. You may wonder, how can I do that? There, there's only one way. You must learn to generate that light each day by believing on Jesus Christ and following his commandments. It's interesting, uh, in our day, um, we have the, this movement to... Uh, to eliminate uh, gas cars, uh, to eliminate uh, fossil fuel-powered vehicles, and all these vehicle manufacturers are are beginning to to make electric vehicles or or committing to be to turn it all all to electric vehicles, and we have this uh, we have this challenge uh, that I think we'll find ourselves in of of how we can have enough power, enough electricity, to to power these vehicles as well as everything else that, that we need. Um, that has to be generated by some, some source. Uh, but in the same way, uh, we have to generate spiritual light. And, and we do that, uh, he says, day by day, thought by thought, and with, with daily righteous action. Uh, that's the way light is generated. If we were to, to see our spirits, I think even pre-mortally, uh, probably especially pre-mortally and and now we would see uh, a visible manifestation of of light and and the light that's been accumulated uh, over our the the lifetime of our spirit and and we would see each other that way we would we would be able to discern 
the the glory or the light that an individual has uh, as as physical beings that light is veiled to some degree I think uh, sometimes if we're spiritually sensitive we can see uh, we can see light around other people uh, but in general um, we we kind of look the same and, and that that light is shielded but we have the capacity to uh, let me rephrase that God has the capacity to generate spiritual light and we can accumulate it and and tap into it and have it about our our being and, and as part of our countenance but we have to do we have to continually just like electricity has to be continuously generated we can't just uh, it can't be generated once and then and, and then used and then it's automatically there it has to be replenished and so does our spiritual light um this is a great a great story from Elder Hales here. He says, When I was a boy, I used to ride my bicycle home from basketball practice at night. I would connect a small pear-shaped generator to my bicycle tire. Then as I pedaled, the tire would turn a tiny rotor, which produced electricity and emitted a single welcome beam of light. It was a simple but effective mechanism. But I had to pedal to make it work. I learned quickly that if I stopped pedaling my bicycle, the light would go out. I also learned that when I was anxiously engaged in pedaling, the light would become brighter and the darkness in front of me would be dispelled. The generation of spiritual light comes from daily spiritual pedaling. It comes from praying, studying the scriptures, fasting and serving, from, the living, from living the gospel and obeying the commandments. He that keepeth his commandments receiveth truth and light, said the Lord. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light and that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. This is really a tender thing. And I want to reiterate it. He says, Keep it, he that keepeth it. Well, he doesn't. This is quoting uh, from the Doctrine and Covenants. He that keepeth his commandments receiveth truth and light. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light. And that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. The perfect day. I want you to focus on and I want, I want you to have that in your mind uh, as, as something to, to look forward to and to work toward uh, with the Lord. Uh, because listen to what Elder Hales says that means. He says, my brothers and sisters, that perfect day will be when we will stand in the presence of God the Father and Jesus Christ. That is the perfect day. And and it has to do with with the light and with, with receiving uh, more light. That we, we continually do that. And, and that light grows brighter and brighter until that perfect day when we stand in the presence of the source of all light, our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ. And that should be our our object and our goal is to to stand in the presence of God and not only to stand there, but to be to be welcome there, to be comfortable there, uh, because we are loved and we are accepted, and and again that doesn't come through perfect living and through uh, the absence of of mistakes or or sins, it comes through repentance and faith. And and repenting and and having faith and trying uh, to accumulate light through studying the scriptures and through prayer 
and and through uh, through service to other people that is how is how light is generated and accumulated all right elder hills goes on and says and in this world the darkness is never far away in fact it is always just around the corner waiting for an opportunity to come in if thou doest not well the lord said sin lieth at the door it is as predictable as any physical law if we let the light of the spirit flicker or fade by failing to keep the commandments or by not partaking of the sacrament or praying or studying the scriptures, the darkness of the adversary will surely come in. That wicked one cometh and taketh away light and truth through disobedience. Isn't that interesting? That that's a scripture that is, is giving us the, the opposite effect of, of what we were just talking about. The wicked one cometh and taketh away light and truth through our disobedience, through tempting us, and, and leading us into dark paths, uh, we we lose light. That light is taken away. In the scriptures, we read that some individuals grope in the dark without light and stagger like a drunken man. Stumbling along, we may become accustomed to the dimness of our surroundings and forget how glorious it is to walk in the light. Uh, I I think about um, as a, as a missionary for the church. Um, I, in teaching the gospel, part of that was, was to teach about the, the ordinances, the first principles and ordinances of the gospel and, and specifically about the gift of the Holy Ghost and, and what someone would receive, what the gift of the Holy Ghost is versus uh, the influence of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know if it's, if it's the best metaphor, but the one we used to use uh, in teaching investigators about uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost was was about a flashlight. I can I, I can still picture my my trainer uh, using this analogy, but but saying that uh, that this life is like walking through uh, walking through a, a dark forest in a storm, and every once in a while the the lightning flashes and you can see a little bit in front of you. Um, and he was likening that to. Uh, to the light of Christ, or to the influence of the Holy Ghost, which, uh, which can be felt and experienced uh, periodically, but but not but it's not sustained. It's just a, a temporary thing it can, it, it, for for a lot of people. Um, and so, uh, so making that journey through um, through this this darkened forest, uh, you don't you don't get much. You get a, a little bit. You can see a little bit in front of you, but but you're not confident. And, and he taught that the, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is like receiving a flashlight, uh, which is, is kind of like the Liahona. It, the Liahona would only work. Do you remember that, that, uh, that Nephi and or Lehi, Lehi received it and, and his family used uh, as a compass to, uh, to lead them to their promised land. Uh, but that compass, which was made by God, was, was only functional if they were faithful and they were humble. And in the same way, this, this hypothetical um, flashlight works based on, uh, on worthiness. And, and when we are, are worthy and when we are seeking after light, then that, that light can shine uh, in front of us. Um, the, the scriptural term might be uh, provide a lamp unto my feet. Um, that that light of the, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it can be constant uh, if we are continuously worthy, if we repent daily, and we and we do our best to live faithfully. Um, but uh, but that 
that analogy is always always stuck with me and and uh, I think is a good one. Um, that's something that that each of us who have been baptized and received the, received the gift of the Holy Ghost have available uh, to us to to lead us through and and really that's something that our current prophet has has said that we we all need. We talked about the Holy Ghost. We've this has been quoted over and over again. Um, but but he said that it will be impossible to survive spiritually without it. And I think that means that the world that we are living in is so uh, can be so profoundly dark that without that light, uh, we just don't stand a chance of of surviving, uh, of, of spiritually surviving and, and getting where it is we, we want to go. Um, I thought about I, I wasn't there, but I, I remember a few years ago um, visiting our. Uh, our wards girls camp and they had just been to uh, this place up near Bear Lake uh, called Minnetonka Cave I think that's where it is but in in northern Utah but uh, or or maybe it's in southern Idaho I can't remember which side of the border it's on I think it's in Utah but but anyway they had they had done a tour of this cave and several of them mentioned this in their uh, in their testimonies the just the as, as they got into this cave there were artificial lights that were on as they as they toured it, but at, at one point, uh, the tour guide uh, turned off all of those lights, and and being deep inside the earth, uh, they experienced a profound darkness. That that I mean they there was there was a complete absence of light, and um, and for some it was really frightening. Uh, to 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 have such profound darkness, I think sometimes we, um, you know, we we can be in a dark place, but but usually there's some some sort of of light source where we aren't in complete darkness. But this was just a profound darkness, and when the lights uh, came back on, they were uh, they were very relieved, and it was very comforting uh, to have that, even though they were, you know, not not super bright, but they were, but it was something, and they could see their surroundings. Um, well, that, that is, is like this world. It, it is, uh, it is a dark place. It can be, uh, and, and we can be consumed by that darkness if we don't, uh, if we don't do some of these things that help to generate light. All right. Going on with, with Elder Hale's words here, he says, there is a way out of the midst, mists of darkness and onto the path that leads to happiness in this life and eternal life in the world to come. The Lord told Isaiah, I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them. The prophet Nephi outlined the plan. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I know that if ye shall follow the sun, S-O-N, with full purpose of heart, acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with real intent, repenting of your sins, witnessing unto the Father that you are willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism. Behold, then shall ye receive the Holy Ghost. Yea, then cometh the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. And that's that's Second Nephi thirty-one thirteen. Um, and Elder Hales continues: The covenant we make at baptism and renew as we partake of the sacrament to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ, always remember him and keep his commandments, includes the promise that we will always have his spirit, that we will always have that light to be with us. 
The emblems of the Savior's atonement remind us that we need not stumble in darkness. We can have his light with us always. Let me just reiterate that, please. I, uh, I beg of you, especially those who uh, may have created some distance between themselves and, and the Lord through, uh, through inactivity in, uh, in, uh, in the church and, and in, in, personal, uh, in personal spiritual practices. Please, please return or increase uh, what you're doing. Uh, this is not a time to be casual about living the gospel. Can I say that again? This is, there. I'll say it a different way. There is not time to be casual in your commitment to the gospel. I fear that if you do that, you will be overcome by darkness. And I see that happening uh, to too many people, to too many members of the church who, who stop generating light, who stop going to, to church and partaking of the sacrament and, and making that covenant. We call it a renewal, but it is in, in reality a fresh covenant that we make every week when we, when we attend that meeting and when we sincerely uh, partake of those emblems. It is a fresh covenant and it comes with a promise. And if we don't make the covenant, then we don't receive the promise. But people stop, stop doing that. They stop reading their scriptures on their own and no light is generated. They stop calling upon God to, to help them and to answer their questions and, and stop giving him thanks and praise and light is diminished and they, and they fail to generate spiritual light. And on a, on a side note with, with that in mind, as far as prayer goes, uh, it's my belief that when we, when we pray and we express sincere gratitude that we are and, and, we, and we don't do this just to receive a reward because like I said, it, it, this is sincere praise, but I, I invite you to see if you can feel this. But if you, if you pray and give sincere thanks and gratitude and praise to our Heavenly Father, you will be rewarded with, with an added measure of light that you can feel come into you. And, and that is... Uh, that is how the Lord uh, responds when, when, when given thanks. And so, uh, in in true, uh, in, in His true character, He doesn't need our thanks and our praise for for His good, but turns it into our good uh, by by rewarding us with with an added measure of light. So I invite you to do that and to to make um, to make your prayers and sometimes. Your whole prayer can be only expressing thanks and gratitude and praise uh, to God for for all of your blessings. And try that and see uh, and see what that does. See if that if that doesn't um, provide light to you and, and generate light uh, for your life. Um, let me just finish with what I wanted to share from from Elder Hales here. He says, Now, my brothers and sisters, in this, the last great conflict between light and darkness, 
I am grateful for the opportunity to endure hardness as a disciple of Jesus Christ. With Paul, I declare, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. That's from Romans 13, 12. I bear my special witness that Jesus Christ is the light and the life of the world, yea, the light that is endless, that can never be darkened. Brothers and sisters, I want to, to give you um, an invitation um, to, to do an evaluation, to, to take an inventory personally of, of your life and especially of your, of your daily routine and, and daily habits. And to consider what it is that you do that that generates spiritual light, and and that that helps you that you're able to continue and and have that light grow brighter and brighter until the perfect day, and also look at things that diminish the light. Take into consideration the music that you listen to. Is it light, or is it dark? Uh, sometimes it's it might seem to you that it's neither, uh, but there is certainly, certainly, I promise you, there is darkness associated with, with certain uh, types of music. Um, I, I, I sincerely believe that. And, and you, don't, you don't get to listen over and over to that type of music and not get any on you. It, it will stay with you. It, it invites darkness. The same can be said for, uh, for other types of media, for, for shows and for uh, videos and for, um, for movies. Um, I know there are, there are a lot of good people and a lot of good members of the church who like, uh, who are big fans of, of horror movies or um, are just dark, dark movies. And, and, and there, is, there is a sense of kind of, of fun in, in having, experiencing fear, but, but you're not really in danger. I understand that. I, I get that. But it, there is so much darkness depicted that again, it, it invites darkness into your life and you can't walk into darkness and not get any on you. Uh, so evaluate that. Look at what surrounds you. Uh, what do you have on your, on your bedroom wall um, that you see all the time? Do you have pictures of uh, or not just your bedroom, but, but your, your home. Do you have, uh, are there pictures of the savior? Are there pictures of the temple? Are there pictures of beautiful landscapes? Uh, or are they things of, of the world and, and things that are dark? Uh, consider that and consider what changes you might make so that you can generate more light. I promise you that this is critical. It, this is a critical time and and this is a critical uh concept that we that we embrace we need light and we need as much light as we can accumulate to be able to uh, to navigate and survive spiritually what what is on the horizon um, and i testify to you that difficult times no matter where you are and or where you live difficult times are are coming and uh and we need our Savior's companionship and the Holy Ghost's companionship constantly. We need that light if we're going to navigate darkness. 
this is this is not uh, like I mentioned, not a time for for us to be casual or to be half-hearted uh, or to be halfway in. If you have questions about the church or about the gospel that keep you from wanting to attend church or wanting to uh, to study your scriptures daily or to pray daily, morning and night, um, get serious about finding those answers and get them from the source of truth. Get them through your prayers and 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 get a, get yourself a testimony and a witness of what is true. It's available and it's and for some it comes with a lot of struggle and that's okay. The struggle is worth it. The struggle is is what will provide depth to your to your testimony and your witness when you receive it. Don't don't give up on it because it's hard because it's a struggle or because there are things you don't understand. Keep seeking and keep digging and keep praying and keep asking uh, asking for light and for for knowledge and for understanding. The Lord wants to give that to you and will lead you through whatever path it is that you need to get through in order to arrive there. Uh, but do not give up and do not give in to and, and fade into darkness or become comfortable uh, in darkness and come to love darkness. Resist it and do the things that will generate spiritual light uh, and, and eliminate the things that are that are fighting against that or that diminish your light. I add my testimony to Elder Hales that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the light and the life of this world and all other worlds that he's created, worlds without number. He lives, he is real. His resurrection is real. And he has overcome all things. He's overcome the world and is the source of light uh, in everything that we that we experience. And he wants to share that light with you. And he will as you do these things. And this is my testimony and witness and invitation to you. And I leave it with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.